You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And hello again, Nick Medelsky here at St. James Coffee in Rochester. We have another exciting guest up next for you uh, this morning on Real Presence. Real Presence Live. I'm having difficulty speaking this morning. I don't really know what's up with that. (laughs) Hopefully, uh, just a little slow to start, and hopefully it doesn't stick around for too long. Um, Our next guest is Susan Bellavance, who is an author and an artist, and uh, that's always a wonderful combination. Uh, So, Susan, welcome to the show this morning. Thank you very much. I I am um, out of the gate. I just wanted to tell you my I have an artist that's not me and it is a wonderful oh. combination and it would it would be very simple if that was the uh if that <laughs> were the case. But um I think the collaborative effort even creates a greater story. So uh, uh, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Well I I'm sorry about that. Um no so problem. could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um I was I'm one of nine kids. When I was a little kid, books were really important to me. And they were like a new a world that I loved. Um, and when you were little and you see the Baltimore Catechism, I don't know if you ever did that when you were a kid. But mm-hmm. the beauty of that used to really penetrate my heart. And so I was very, very fond of, of um, the artwork, and I was fond of the story. So growing up... Um, in a large family, books were a great escape for me. <laughs> I came to, to love literature uh, very early, and it, that love stayed with me my whole life. And um, later I uh, became a teacher and um, did a lot of writing for kids in school, a play that used to write a lot of plays. And then uh, later from that, I, I started uh, doing my own stories. Beautiful. And, and sort of a natural transition into, well, at least it seems to me, I don't know, uh, there may be more steps, but into uh, authoring children's books, uh, which right. these are, right? Uh, could you tell us right. a little bit about how that, uh, how that came about? Um, it was just a, a call in my heart. Um, I did a lot of work in the, I've always done a lot of work in the church, and um, I also had, you know, a, a few years with Mother Teresa in, in my early days, my college days. Um, and there, there's a lot inside the soul, and it needs to be expressed, and this seems like to be the avenue. Um, I, I met a, 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 a writing group, and they invited me in, and they started fostering this. It's a, it's a very daunting process to go from uh, somebody writing in their kitchen to publishing a book. <laughs> Mm. So um, if, to have mentors help you get through those steps was really helpful. And then to, to be a, you know, when you're passionately, you feel what you're writing and you're passionate about it, and then you're writing it for your faith, um, those are really good, strong mores to, to stabilize what you're doing. So, so, how, so how long... Uh I, I'm not familiar with the with the process. I've never uh, written a book, children's or otherwise. Uh, how long does it take to go from? How long did it take you to go from the idea of writing that book to it actually uh, being published and for sale? Um, the the first one that I wrote took a really long time because I was writing a, I was doing a, a junior reader uh, like you know like a 200 page, and then I realized oh, wow. it it was it, it but that's 
because you go off and you, and you go off. <laughs> so um, I, then I had the, the discipline to, to turn it into a children's story. That, so And it's really for the sacrament of confession. So it's, it's like sharpening the pencil. Usually it takes a uh, children's writer, it takes a year to produce a book. Mm-hmm. Um, the writing you do in uh, so many months or however quickly that takes. But then the collaboration with the writer and the artist and the publisher it takes about a year, at least a year. So, um, okay. but, and it's a great, it's a great process. It turns out a nice, you have enough people involved in it and it turns, it, it, it comes out really beautiful, I think. So. Absolutely. So how does that work? Uh, finding, uh, how did it work for you finding an artist? Um, um that could, the artist uh, illustrate. Was, yeah. The, the artist was a gift to me. Uh, the, for King of the Shattered Glass, and Will You Come to Mass, the artist is Sarah Tang. And um, she was a student with, at Steubenville with my daughter, uh, Sophia, so I, uh-huh. I met her through someone. And the other artist, um, the book that I have coming out at Christmas, is done by Anne Engelhart. And uh, Donna Marie Cooper-O'Boyle uh, uh-huh. introduced me to her to, uh, to do that collaborative effort. Awesome. Awesome. So how does that uh, process work? Did you have certain pictures in mind uh, when you wrote the book? or did... Yeah, you do. You see it in your head. People like me, yeah, everything is about, you see everything in your head. Then you're explaining it. <laughs> then you're explaining it to an artist. And that's where the collaboration is really important. And um, so, uh, yeah, I um, King of the Shattered Glass, uh, which is the first story that I wrote, I saw it all in one flash, like in, in an instant in my heart. Wow. Um, but it, but it was a movement of grace because it was the Lord was teaching me about His mercy and mm. about the sacrament of uh, reconciliation, and and then from the instant of receiving that understanding in my heart, then the whole story came out. Um, Be- beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. So so we said the the title of of that first book a few times. Uh, could you uh, now officially <laughs> tell yeah, our listeners okay. a little bit about it? Yes, King of the Shattered Glass is a story, it's an allegory for the sacrament of confession and for divine mercy. So what it does is it, it takes the idea of, uh, I, I have to, I did something wrong, I have to come forward with it, and it, and it places it in a, in a theater of first it's obedience and then it turns into love. I've mm. offended the king. And, mm. um, it, and it takes a it takes a family. I, I like family reading. Like this is a story you read with your kid, with your child, and mm-hmm. it takes them through the process of the heart. When you go from, oh, I, I broke the glass. It's written in medieval times, and when glass was as precious as gold. Right. And so Marguerite, in her temper, she breaks the glass. She works in the kitchen. She breaks mm. the glass, throwing it at someone. But, but in each time you, you break the glass, you have to bring it to the king. And in the end, all the broken glass she had taken to him through the various times she went, he turned into a stained glass window of him placing a crown on her head and adopting her. Hmm. And, and so out of, out of the brokenness of us, God makes something beautiful. And, and it's that relationship that we use. That's in the sacrament of confession. is about relationships. It's not about rules. And right. So, and that's such a complex concept for even adults to understand, right? Yeah. Well, I write the story so the adults will be encouraged to go back to confession. Ah. Because, 
Because in the story, the adults in the book, they bury their glass in the back and don't tell the king. Ah. So Marguerite shows them like this little innocent girl going forward and, and saying, you know, I'm sorry I did this. And uh, and it wasn't, she, she didn't break it because of accident. She, each time she broke it, uh, there was a real reason she did it. <laughs> so, and it was, a, you know, a common thing. Once some pride, can you juggle the glass? Yes, I can. She broke it. Uh, I need not go. I need to go to the minstrels tonight. I don't have time to to uh, wash, get all this dinnerware done. So she carries it all at once, and she breaks all of it. Uh, mm. And the, and the king just receives her the brokenness of it with such tenderness. And in the end, her heart is so changed uh, towards him. So. So beautiful, so beautiful, really, and and like you said, uh, a, a wonderful story for adults to hear too, right? Yeah, um, and to really think of that. Um, and I know, like you said, divine mercy ties into that. Divine mercy is is a big thing for you personally as well, right? right? A big devotion right. for you personally. It's, yes, it is. It's a big devotion, and uh, Mary Press is the one who first um, uh, published the book, and then Tan picked it up as well uh, in the hardcover, but. The, the Mary Press, that's their whole devotion is, uh, is Divine Mercy. And um, it, in the book, uh, you see the king, he takes off his crown and he comes to her. He makes that step, you know, the Divine Mercy image yep. has the one foot in front of him. Well, in the book, the king has, he takes off his crown and he, he goes to her because she froze. His, his majesty was too much for her. So wow. She so he gets off the throne, takes off his crown, and he walks to her. And those who are who, who know Divine Mercy, when you look at the picture, you go, "There he is," <laughs> so, That's, and it reveals that you know that that is so cool. Uh, so, is that what kind of inspired you to write this book, or or where did the inspiration come from? <laughs> I think I think the inspiration came from that that it was a shaft of Divine Mercy. It just went through my heart where I was walking one day, hmm. and I realized, you know, because human beings were constantly sinning and we're constantly making mistakes and mm-hmm. um but the lord he doesn't hold those mistakes again he he takes that mistake and the beauty of the book he takes that mistake and it becomes the very vehicle that becomes to be the daughter of the king so it and so the others weren't adopted because they buried the you know what i mean they didn't, right they didn't enter into relationship with him they didn't experience his tenderness and see his face they didn't see him come off of his throne and come towards that, which is what the Divine Mercy image, the Lord's trying to say, look, I'm, I'm coming to you uh, in your darkness. Just just face me and I will come to you. And in the in the story, little Marguerite, she's, she's scared to death. And she opens mm-hmm. that door and there he is and she freezes and he comes to her. So it, it makes confession appealing. And uh, to adults as well as children, and to get, to get to place the teaching in the heart instead of just in the head, which is what children's literature should do. It, it places it in your heart to have an experience reading the book of the mercy of God. So Be- beautiful, absolutely, and that's all really summed up beautifully, I think, in that title, "The King of the Shattered Glass." I love that title, and we're going yeah. to. Uh, speak more about some of the the other books uh you have written and and uh like you said there's one coming out around christmas time just in time for for christmas gifts 
Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about that after the break. Again, thank you for listening in this morning on Real Presence Live. We'll be back in just a few minutes here. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. God's blessings to you all. And as all of you out in Radioland listen to Real Presence Radio, what a great gift it is for every one of us. As we're in the car traveling, that we learn something about our love for Jesus, something about the great gift He has given us through His holy family, which is the church. Or we also get to find something out more deeply about our own self, that we come to know that we are made in God's image and likeness. And the great gift that we have is made and loved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So continue to listen to this wonderful radio station. We need to support it in every way so that this beautiful gift of the gospel message can be spread throughout where all of this is heard and that the Holy Spirit will strengthen you all in his love. Have a wonderful day and keep listening to Real Presence Radio. Have you ever worried about someone's salvation, especially one who died by suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Sometimes the state of their soul seems to cause us fear for their eternal fate. They die in what seems to be a hopeless state of sin and unrepentance. However, Jesus says in 1698 of the Diary of St. Faustina that what looks hopeless to us is in fact not so. He says that many times the soul illuminated by a ray of his final grace turns to him in the last moment to receive complete forgiveness of all sin and punishment, although we see no external signs of this. Wow! We can see why Jesus said that divine mercy is mankind's last hope of salvation. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thank you so much for sticking with us through the break here on Real Presence Live. Nick Medelsky in Rochester, Minnesota at the wonderful, the one and only St. James Coffee. Um, I am highly caffeinated at the moment, so the rest of this show should go extremely smoothly. Uh, On the phone with me right now is Susan uh, Bellavance, uh, who is a children's book author, and we had been talking about uh, her, her book about the sacrament of confession called The King of Shattered Glass. And you shared something interesting with me over the break. Um, it's uh, received an imprimatur, which is important. Maybe you could uh, explain to our listeners a little bit who might not be familiar with that, what that is. And then you also said uh, that it, it's point at, that you'd like it to be more than just a book that people read at home, right? Yeah. We're hoping to um, get it into the hands of the uh, religious instructions uh, in 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 our parish, um, Father Mike Satori, our, our pastor, and the, and our pastor before him, they used it. Um, they are allowing it to be used in um, sacramental prep for confession. 
And also at Mount Royal Academy, they use it every year for sacramental prep for confession. And um, it's really a, a great tool to apply all the, the tenets of the sacrament all in there. And um, so we're hoping to get it into the homeschooling and into the uh, parishes for sacramental prep. Awesome. And we'll be... Uh the next interview after you is actually about homeschooling, so it's uh, providential that, uh, you know, you're kind of the, the bridge between our two topics. Uh, before you, we were talking with uh, Father Kermit from the National Shrine of St. Odelia, and they have these amazing stained glass windows there, so we have the glass tie-in from there, yeah. and then we're moving to homeschooling after you, so it's kind of a natural uh, bridge between yeah. the two. I like that when, when God sets that up, right? The Holy Spirit's at work here, uh, so that's really cool. Um, the second book that you've written uh, is called uh, Come to Mass, right? What, or yes. Will You, you come, come to Mass? mass? Yeah. Uh, could you tell our listeners about that one? Yes, this is the most fun you're going to have with a three- and a four-year-old. <laughs> uh, this, the story is written, it rhymes, but it under, it, the sound of the bells of the church are really angel voices going out through the town. Come they sing, come they ring, will you come to Mass? And so everyone has a reason. It's based on, uh, um, you know, I have my oxes to plow. I've got my wife. I can't come. I can't come. Mm. It's uh, in, in the Gospel of Mark. But the, um, the creatures in the book, because they're creatures, not people, uh, the elephant can't remember what time Mass is. The robin, her kids mm-hmm. are coming today. She has no time to go to Mass. It's all the excuses that modern man uses not to encounter. So, and, and so what it is is, the little kids, the artwork is so much fun in this book, and it's just a rhyme on each page. And in the end, all of the creatures they they don't want to go, but in the end, the little lamb says, "I'll go." And when you when you open up the church, can you find the little lamb? Well, he's up in the front in the arms of the uh, good shepherd, hmm. and and the and then the good shepherd comes to life, and and the, the little lamb says, "I love you." And it's about bringing a child to Mass to encounter Christ and to encounter the living God. And it has to, it has, they have that encounter as children, Jesus says, you know, except for the children to come unto me. Do not hinder them. And, and this is the book of the child coming to the Lord. And so they can't drive a car and they can't go unless right. you take them. So this is a grandma book. Put it on your coffee table. And so the kids read it and the parents hear it. That's what it, and uh, and they memorize it. It just goes right into their mind. And um, yeah, it puts that relationship with Jesus. It's, it's a tender. One time I was reading it with a friend who's a writer. She was she was uh, reading it to write, trying, trying to review it, and she got to one page and she burst into tears. Wow! Because that picture of, of the of Jesus holding the little lamb. It's like, doesn't every parent want their child? to be in the arms of the Lord in order to cultivate that relationship. You can't start when they're 18. The world has already enculturated them. They don't know who Jesus is. Right. The little child's heart is open to mm-hmm. grace. Even though they're running around at Mass, don't care. Just bring them and, and provide that avenue for grace to penetrate. Even being in the Divine Presence, it's going to penetrate their hearts because that Eucharistic Jesus is really body, blood, soul, and divinity. He's there. He's there for your child. Bring him, you know. So anyway, but it's but it's a lot of fun to read and um, the little kids that make you they make you read it to you. I read it to them again and again. My 
my one of my uh, friends that every night I have to read this book to them. They won't go to bed until <laughs> I read this book to them. Like, yay! <laughs> so that's I a like good that. problem to have, right? Yes, it's a great problem. <laughs> but I, it's it's an encouraging thing. Uh, it's an encourage. This book is an encouragement to parents. While you're reading it to the child, it catechizes the parent. Hey, I need to bring my child. Hmm. And um, it's not soccer time. It's it's math time. And I don't want them to miss this relationship. And nobody can stress that now more than ever. We need not. We need the, the catechism is about the the person of Jesus. You know what? Every law we have. It's about that relationship. Mm-hmm. And and this book this book highlights the relationship of a child with with the living God. So. Yeah, absolutely. So beautiful. So beautiful. Um, what uh, now? What? fruits uh for you have you uh seen have you found in being a children's book author um it gives me a chance to evangelize and um and if and if the book does well i'm not talking first of all catholic authors make zero money (laughs) so 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 it's so it's not a business path (laughs) yeah yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna retire my husband I said it costs more to pre- create a book than it does than you make from it. I would imagine. But the, but the idea, so if I could touch your heart, if I, if I could touch this child's heart with the grace of the love of Jesus, and and that you know we do a lot of formation in the head, which you absolutely need, but if mm-hmm. it doesn't trickle down to the heart, it doesn't stay. Absolutely. And uh, when the heart has an encounter with the living God. It stays faithful. It wants Jesus. So, and when I write, I want to make you cry, or I want to make you laugh. I want to make you remember. I want to make you have an encounter. You know, I want to write on your heart with my pen. <laughs> so, that's when I write. You know, I'm Sicilian, half Sicilian. Anyway, that when I write, it's got to be passionately loving and beautiful, and that's what I try. Um, I want to share my faith. Mm-hmm. I, I want your kids not to lose their faith. Right, and, absolutely. Um, here's here's a vehicle for you, Mom and Dad. Use this. And uh, so I want to keep keep on doing that. So I oh. can't do it anymore. <laughs> Such a beautiful ministry. Um, so cool to hear about these books and, and what's being done with them. Not just, like you said, um, individual families, but also... Um, religious uh sacramental prep programs being able to pick up on it and use it as well uh that's yeah. that's just really cool uh where can people get these books um uh marion uh it's um marion press is uh shop okay. uh and then um tan books is just tan books in one word uh dot com and then um, I, you know, you everyone wants to support our book Catholic book companies, mm-hmm. and uh, that would be my first year local Catholic bookstore, of course. And then, if not, Amazon has both of them. <laughs> and uh, we wanted to mention briefly, we are going to have you on again closer to the release to the the release date uh, for your newest book. Uh, but you have a book coming out around Christmas. Could you give us just kind of a little sneak peek on what that's about? Sure. Uh, I have two books coming out. Uh, one is um, called uh, The Light of Christmas Morning, which is mm-hmm. a great advent. It's a wonderful story. I won't tell you anything about it now, <laughs> uh, but, but, it will, but it's, uh, it's for your heart and for your family's heart. 
And the second one is coming out in two years. It's got a lot of artwork. I wrote it with a team. Our team cooperated at Adoration. It's The Diary of a Little Soul. Mm. And it's a, it's, a, it's a book on uh, the embryo. It's formation of the embryo, but the embryo is speaking for himself. Wow. And it's, uh, and it's a beautiful, beautiful story. It's about the personhood of the unborn. And, and that book is going to have 40 illustrations, one per week. It's going to be oh, we wow. have an incredible illustrator. And wow. uh, that one is going to knock the ball out of the park, friend. <laughs> well, well, that's awesome. I can't wait to... Can't wait for uh, December when we have you back on again to uh, talk about those. Um, any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? I would say, really, uh, I would like to talk to Catholic illustrators. It's a call. Catholic writers, it's a call. And this call will flourish even in these dark times right now. They'll, the, the call will go out greater and, and the light will be brighter. Um, everybody persevere. That's what I'd like to say. Awesome. Oh, and uh, I forgot I forgot to ask, uh, do you have a website aside from the publishers? Yes, uh, yes Susan.Glass. Awesome, Susan.Glass, and that's uh, people may be a little uh, confused about that, so uh, just to confirm, Susan.Glass, not Susan.Glass.com, right? No, it's just Susan.Glass, nice and simple, just like me. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's it's been a delight having you on this morning. Uh, just Thank such you, a Nick. such a cool uh, calling, and like you said, um, just to be part of uh, spreading that light in a very unique way, right? As a Catholic children's right. book author, I think right. uh, people may not appreciate the amount of the amount of work, and also not only the amount of work that goes into it, but the amount of fruit that can come from it, right? Right, absolutely, absolutely. And I think uh, we are about truth, beauty, and goodness, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what a children's book should reflect, what it is to be Catholic, truth, beauty, and goodness. And great imagination. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you again for coming on uh, with us this morning. Um, just wonderful to talk to you this morning and wonderful to share with our listeners about that book, Susan. Uh, Stick with us through our uh, top of the hour break. Up next, what does preparing for the coming school year look like for some homeschooling families? Stay tuned and you'll find out.